Great. Welcome, everyone. Um, my name is Marines. If you're new here, just raise your hand quickly. If you're new. Oh, no, not you. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Uh, be blessed. I just want to get my props here and also my notes. Um, we are going into our First Corinthians 13 chapter this morning, which is all about love. Say love. Oh, Marines loves love, eh? Yeah, and, and I love loving, and uh, I don't know if you know, but I, I love eating as well. That's sort of love for me. I don't know. Sometimes when I feel I, I, don't, I need love, I eat. I don't know. I sh we shouldn't. Uh, sometimes when I feel loved or unloved, I sing. Do you know that? I don't know that. Um, but in, in our First Corinthians uh, series, we come to this point, and there's a question that beckons. Uh, and this morning, we're going to look at that question. Uh, I'll get to get to that right now, but there is something that is in my heart. When we look at the scripture uh, and the, the, the slide that says, what is love? Um, is it there? What is love? Okay, second one. There we go. What is love? Um, I don't know if, what do you feel and what do you hear the first thing when we ask the question, what is love? Say, say again. Oh, that's a great Christian answer, isn't it? But I actually, I actually heard it from the front here. Um, That goes like this. Do you know this? Golden oldies? Let's sing together. Love changes everything. Okay, just call me up again. And this one, if you can guess this, okay, okay, we're gonna play a game. This is uh, Rugby Day. Box are playing tonight. Some of you need drivers. Who needs drivers? Anyone? Okay, I brought some. Um, I brought some packets of drivers. Okay? Yay! Okay? If you can have your hand up and tell me which song it is, don't scream it out. And you know the love song, I will give you drivers for the rugby this afternoon. Amen? Okay, good. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, there's a hand right there. It's like note for note, isn't it? Yes. Oh, wow, that is great. Come here, come. Oh, come, give. How quick was that? <laughs> oh, so I grew up with this song. I don't know, I love it so much. You don't like it, Catherine? Are you kidding me? You're gonna hear it right now. Why is it taking so long now? No more talk of darkness. Huh? Forget these wide-eyed fears. I'm here. Nothing can harm you. My words will... 
go. Yeah, boy. Okay, last one. No. Let's just listen to it. Just, just listen to it. I would only be in your way. What is it? Who sings it? Yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Oh, whoa, there we go. Woo! Okay, and who knows this one? Moi. Left. I'm sorry, eh? I'm sorry for that. But when I grew up, I started to play the guitar um, when I was about 12 years old. But the first song that I could really play like through, I mean like I had it, um, was also a love song. Before I was a worship leader, before everything of that, um, I, I learned this song. This was the first song I played Catherine when I met her. Because before I was a worship leader, oh, I was... I was romantic, say. I was really good, and and so, do you want to hear it? I haven't prepared anything um, for it, but let let's try it. I, I think let's try it. Can we? Okay, let's do it. Uh, I didn't prepare it all, eh? Um. I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toes Your love is all around me and so the feeling grows It's written It's written on the wind It's everywhere I go And if you really love me Come on and let it show And then he goes you know I love you, I always will My mind's made up by the way that I feel There's no beginning, there'll be no end And on my love, you can depend Two, three <laughs> Oh, oh, I say, I love it, I love it. Okay, so, Marinus loves love, but God is love, amen? 
And so this morning, every song that I've ever heard that has ever been played regarding love songs was written to some other girl that didn't see them or some other girl which couldn't get the boy. And then all of that happened. But ultimately, it was all about feelings. I feel it in my finger. No, you don't. Don't touch it. You don't feel it in your fingers. You don't feel it in your toes. That's not what love is. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a concept or idea. No, no, there's much more to love than just singing romantic songs. Now, it can actually lead to marriage. I'm going to say, if you do it right, I could have done it better before, 20 years ago. But ultimately... There's this thing that happens with love, and while I'm saying uh, this, some of you call each other lovey. Uh, I've got this thing that I do. I don't know why. I worked at a call center way back, but every time a call center person phones me, I call them lovey. I do not, I don't, I don't know why. Catherine, is this true? Do I do it? Okay, so uh, she'll call me. I'll say, no, lovey, thank you. I don't want it. And Catherine's like, who's your lovey? What's happening there? I don't know. I, I want to let them go easily. I was a call center uh, person once. It's tough to have that job. I wanted to let them go off slowly and, and securely and softly. Eh? Uh, but it's got nothing to do with that. Ultimately, the, in our context of when we say we love someone, we love each other, um, we, we, I love my spouse, I love my kids, but I also love rugby. And I, and I also like other things. I, I like pancakes with fillings and I love golf. I don't know why. You, you lose balls, but you love it. I don't know why I love it so much. And so it's almost like a gray, it's almost like, like you know that sound that you play that you want to fall asleep with? Uh, we, look, we call it like, like a, 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 sh, a, a, a white noise. A gray, I won't say gray. It was like a white noise that you put on um, behind you to fall asleep. because It's there, you know it's there, but it soothes. You just use love because it's, it's repetitively what we've done for years. It's sometimes lost. You've lost that loving feeling, haven't you? Is that not a song as well? Uh, I'm going to stop right now. Okay. So when I read Corinthians, I want to take you there. 1 Corinthians 13 uh, go there with me. The way of love. Now, when we work with each other, these things that, that happens when, we, when, a, when a husband and a wife love each other, um, there's a certain kind of love. But when, when my boys were born, there's a totally different kind of love. And then when I, when I got a congregation, my love just changed for you. I need to adjust my love for you. Because my love for you is not the same for my boys. And my love for you and my boys are not the same for Catherine. But then what is true... Our love for Jesus is totally different, isn't it? Let's read. The way of love. If I speak in the tongues of men, of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy glong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that as to remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, listen to this, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, I don't know why I would do that, but but I have not love, I gain nothing from it. See, sometimes we compare ourselves with others. Last week we said we should not do that. 
Because when we compare ourselves with each other, we'll always miss the mark. We'll always not be happy with, with one another. We'll, I'll always be unhappy with me. Because the measurement is not other people. The measurement is not the world. The measurement is the word of God. And so when God's love sends us his love, it looks different. And to what comparison should we compare ourselves then? And the word of God is true when in verse four, if you are married, raise your hand quickly. Okay. You can still believe this, just saying. Verse four, love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, what is patience? Your wife, is she patient? Is that cookies right there in the bank? What is, what is it to be kind? What is it to be kind? Because I know what it is to be kind to people that I like. Love does not envy. It does not boast. So am I allowed to boast about my love for Catherine or Jesus or my kids? Yes, definitely. That's not what he's saying there. It is not arrogant. Love is not rude. What does arrogance look like? It's destructive, isn't it? Rudeness, when we mix it up with our lives with Christ, doesn't make sense at all. Being rude is rooted in, in something else where your identity hasn't come to a point where it aligns with, with Christ, Christ's word and his truth in his Bible. And then he goes on and says, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Now on Friday evening, I did rejoice about something, but I can't say that I was wrong, but rejoices with the truth. And, and here's the concept and here's the focus line for us. The focus for love is truth. You see, because we can have feelings. We can have emotions rush up. We can, we can make decisions in the moment that's all about us, isn't it? And some of us fell in love with someone else because of that feeling. Now, I don't say it's not from God. I'm saying sometimes it, we, it, it pushes us to do really stupid things. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It's not resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. And then in verse 8, it's interesting is love never ends. Then Lord, why all the pain in relationships? Why all the destruction in families? Why, why do brothers and sisters not know each other after they leave school? Why do parents and kids and their own kids don't have great relations? Why do couples um, decide through years of marriage to call it quits? What happens to love? And, and we look at that and we ask questions like, where is God then? Where was God in that moment? 
Um, but here God gives us a really great strategy to keep our love secure. Amen? And then he goes further and says, it never ends. As the prophecies, they will pass away. For tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, that will pass away. Do you know that all the nine gifts that we spoke about last week, who was here when we gave the gifts away? Great. So all those nine gifts uh, are for us on earth for the establishment of God's kingdom. Do you know then when Jesus comes back and we're in heaven with him, there'll be no such gifts? Those things will fall away. Prophecy will fall away. Words of knowledge and, and wisdom will fall away. It's not needed anymore because we'll be in the presence of love. We'll be in the presence of perfect love, all wisdom, all insight. There'll be no prophecy. We will be able to see him face to face. Relationship will be restored. And so love is perfect. But when you and I fail in love, don't say God failed us. Don't say love doesn't exist. No, no, Jesus is love. And so when we read further, he says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Who received a prophecy? You're sitting here. Someone has prophesied over you once in your life. Anyone? For whom did that prophecy mean a lot and actually came true? For anyone? Great. Do you know there's no prophecy needed when we have that full relationship with Jesus, when we can see him, walk with him, speak to him, worship him? It's not necessary, is it? And so... But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Do you know that we've received everything that we can on earth, but not everything that we will receive one day when Jesus comes back? This is only a drop in the bucket of God's love for you and me. Do you know that when you steadfast uh, walk in steadfast love with him, that one day when Jesus comes back and your name is written in the book of life, do you know that he's gonna shower us with grace and blessing and love like we've never experienced it before? Who here can't see well without your glasses? I don't wanna expose you, but you can really, really not see without them. Come here quickly. Can I use, can I use you? Come, come. Come. Okay, so can you see us? Okay, can you see me well? Okay, give me your glasses. Okay. What can you, tell me what you see now when you look at them. Try to try to explain. Is it blood? Is it okay? Good. Okay. So the word of God says, um, "When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up those childish childish things." Verse twelve says, "For now we see in a mirror dimly. You are seeing dimly right now." Yeah. Okay. Uh, no one's called dimly. I'm just saying you see them dimly. <laughs> then, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So God explains it like this. The word of God explains it like this. 
is Debbie can see, not fully. She can see, but then one day when God comes back, she's going to see everything. Let's pray for everyone that cannot see that well. Can you stand up for me? I believe this morning, God does not only, wow, God does not only, now I can see clearly now. <clears throat> God does not only want us to see in the physical, no, sorry, God does not only want us to see in the spiritual, God wants us to see in the physical. Do you believe it? I believe it. I believe that God can do miracles right here, right now, and we are going to pray for it now. I want us all to come around someone that is standing. This is a serious moment. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for, for Debbie. Catherine, can you join me here? Thank you so much. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I pray right now that where sight was lost uh, or sight was given away, I don't care how it went away, Father God, this morning, you tell us that, that your glory in, in, in receiving healing is not only tangible today, Father God, you did the work 2,000 years back on that cross. When your body was broken, Jesus, you healed us because of it. I am praying for healing right now. I'm praying for eyes that cannot see that well dimly. I pray that God, they will wear their glasses in the week and they will go, I can see, I cannot see with these glasses or spectacles anymore. I pray healing over them in the name of Jesus. I pray they will touch each and every one who needs to touch us this morning, who wants a touch from you, Father God, that you will touch them in healing right now. We say be healed, see in Jesus' name, not only spiritually, physically as well, in the name of Jesus right now. I want you to utter these words, Jesus, I receive your healing for not only spiritual sight, but for physical as well. I receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can sit. Thank you so much. It ends off with this verse. It says, now, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And so what happens is that every time we are faced with something that the Bible is directly opposed to, we can go, whoa, whoa, no, no, I do not agree. I don't agree. So Debbie, there might be a problem with your vision right now. And then that opportunity arises and I go, hey, but I know scripture about that. I know what is the truth about Debbie. I can go, Lord, no, no, this is not. Do you want to see? Let's pray. Do you know that that is love? Do you know that when you and I apply the word of God, not only and keep it to our, to our own selves, that when we apply the word of God and we move out to people, that that breaks the barrier and God can heal someone through prayer? And you and I love them. We love upon them the same love that God has loved upon us. When we pray for couples that are going through difficult times, we don't go, oh, they're on their own. They just sort it out. 
No, no, we try to help where we can, and then we pray God's love over them. Why? Because we have been bestowed the love of Christ, the healing and the resurrecting life of of it, not only for the bones that we walk with, but also for our relationships. And so this morning I come to you, I plead to you to not hear the word of God and then walk away and forget what it says. Do you know in first? I think it's First Peter. No, James. James one. James one fourteen. I think it says God says we don't be like those people who are standing in front of a mirror, seeing Jesus themselves in themselves, then turn away and forget what what they look like. It doesn't help us being connected. Jesus in the way where every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually who I am. But then I go to the world, I do my job in the week, I go where I need to go, but then I forget who I am in Christ. Then I see poverty, I see um, people in in need, I I see people need healing, and then I just abdicate, I just go, that's not for me, I don't have time for that now. Can you see what happens when we understand love and we receive it, but selfishly. This is not like a bank account or money. Doesn't work like the currency is different here. When I give more of my money out to other people, there will be less in my bank account. Do you know that? But when I give of Jesus and the love of Christ, there will never be, ever be, a shortage of his love to give. God will find time. You'll find it through you. So there are three things, that, three components that I, I'd like to lay out for us this morning. Um, three things that I think that you and I can understand better from the scripture. The first one is love one another. We have all different um, personalities, traits, temperaments, we all uh, react differently. We watched on Friday, I watched with some dads at, at Sebastian school. We watched the rugby. Um, we brought a bit and there was, and I watched that group. Do you know that people celebrate differently? There was this one guy, he sat like this the whole game. And every time something great happens that he like, he go, mm. <laughs> There was this other lady, she did not stop screaming. The ball wasn't even in play. They were waiting for a scrum. And she was going, go, go, go. I'm like, what? I'm like, energy lost, man. Do you know that when people, when they support differently, their reactions to things are different. Do you know that people worship differently? I've got a friend that when he worships God, he doesn't say a word. There's no utterance. His lips might move, but he doesn't like singing in English, so he only sings the Afrikaans songs out loud. But that doesn't mean he's not worshiping. You and I may give love differently, but you and I receive it the same way, all of us. But what God is asking of us He is comparing Jesus to us. He's saying, here are some things that I'd like you to use as points of reference, guardrails, steps, and this is the way. God's lighting the way for us through here. 
And, and the first thing that I think is important for us to know, that this church will be loving their church members. We are so different. Who met someone here? You don't have to say why. And he's a bit weird. <clears throat> but you love him. Thank you, John. I see the hand. So John 13 says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I'm asking you, are you loving one another? Is that apparent? Can lost people see there's something different here? This person shouldn't love me this much, but they do. And then overwhelming love goes, why are you doing this for me? And they can say, you know why? Oh, because Jesus gave me everything. And I'm just loving you with the same love he loved me with. Now, when we fall into temptation, when there are things that we are selfish about, when love is all about us, temptation will prevail and sin will happen. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about perfect love that Jesus has. And I am very aware that for some of you, I am not your favorite person. I'm okay with that. Love covers all things. I don't mind that you don't like me. I'm asking, are you loving me? Like the word of God says you should. Because here's the truth. I don't like all of you. Oh, but I love you. I love you so much. I'll go to the ends of the earth for that. I think sometimes when we come to a point where we, we are um, holding on to our own time, our own things, our own family, our own type of love, this is just for me, then, then there's no sharing of that love to anyone else. We have to guard ourselves. We, it's almost like we, we clothe ourselves with things that will protect us out there. And we don't have the capacity to love out there anymore. So one of those things happened to me where someone knocked at my window. And I literally had the scare of the year. I was literally going, wait, you're looking What's happening there? And so in that scary moment, I just drove over a red light. Wasn't on purpose. <clears throat> that was not loving at all. Now, what made me do that? Fear. Do you know what happens when we fear things? There's no capacity to love. And we build up a layer that we get to that specific point where we drove yesterday, where we have that fear moment. We won't go there again. Because at that space, we won't experience love at all. Some of you here, came into this church and you were loved upon like you cannot believe. Some of you came into this church and it was difficult to find someone to love you, amen? Same church, same people, different experiences, why? Because sometimes you and I are at different spaces when someone wants to love over us. Do you know that you can offend anyone? And some of them might not be offended. Do you know who you will offend? People who get offended easily. Offense is taken, not given. I am who I am. 
I'm not going to be apologizing for that. But then when you are offended constantly, not just by one person, by a, a lot, maybe our country, maybe the situation that we're in currently, maybe you, it, something offends you the whole time, it might not be just one person. It might be something inside of you that God wants to help align with his love. Now fear does bring that in and we have to repent about it. We have to forgive. We have to move on. Because here's the, here's, the, here's the fun fact of life. No, no one of you are perfect beings. If you are, please stand up. Let's have a look. I'm definitely not. I'm standing in front here, but I can tell you now. I'm definitely not perfect. So what does the word of God mean when he asks us, and he commands us, love one another as I have loved you. You know what is great about the truth of God's word? He never tells us things to do without telling us why and how. God, Jesus says, give your life. Why? Jesus says in his word, lay your life down for me. Why? Because he laid his life down for me. He's telling love weird people. Why? Because he loved weird people. God will never ask of you something that he hasn't done or believes in or have done himself or, or overcame that thing. You and I can trust him that when he asks us of us, commands us to love one another, that when you love someone, it's not reciprocal. You, you, they're going to give it back to you. It's not going to be necessarily returned. That is not the case and that is not what is important here. God is asking us to love one another. doesn't matter what. Now, that is a very difficult command if there are people sitting here, couples sitting here, married couples sitting here, and you don't love one another anymore. It's tough to love when you feel unloved. It's difficult to give something that you feel you don't have. It's tough to hear that God wants a relationship with me, but the person sitting next to me doesn't want to have one. And you know what the word of God says about that? He says, get over yourself. He says, stop being selfish. He says, love them unconditionally as I have loved you unconditionally. I want that to sink in right now. Do you know that you might have fallen out of love with your spouse? But it didn't start there. I think most of those moments, you misunderstanding ends up in not loving someone else. Started with you misunderstanding one of you, the love of Christ first. Because everything comes out of your love and relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm telling you now, Fix your relationship with Jesus and you will see your spouse bloom. Fix your relationship with Jesus and your job, your, your boss might have a different attitude towards you because you have one towards him. The outlook of our country currently with everything that's going wrong. When last did you love upon our country? The people that knock on your window for money. Now I know, I know. Be safe, please do. I'm saying sometimes we just exit. We take ourselves out of position where we can love upon people who really need Jesus. They do not need your love. They need his love. 
They do not need your money. They need his comfort. They don't need you to say, oh, you can't see. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's a song. Sorry. They need to see Jesus healing through us, through you. Love one another. Number two, love is not something that we feel. It's something that we do. A new command I give you, love one another. It is not in the words. It is in our actions. It doesn't help us singing great songs to Jesus or our wives. And those things are not true. And this morning I want to tell you that when God commands, I think he expects it of us. I don't think he's making a, a, a good suggestion. Is he, Andre? He's not. He's giving a command and telling us, love one another. I don't care what color. I don't care what ethnicity you are. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what your background is. If Jesus says love upon you, I'm loving upon you. Are there things that we can disagree on? Oh, definitely. But disagreement is never sin until it goes over into sin. I can disagree with you and still love you. But when you and I measure ourselves with one another, we will always disagree about something. Isn't it true? But when you and I uh, compare ourselves with Christ's love and his scripture and his truth, oh, we will love each other more and more and more. And things will start happening. And things will get, uh, come, come alive. It will be new or like new. Do you want a, do you want a good relationship with your, your spouse? Your girlfriend, someone that you want to be married to one day, your children, your parents, your sisters and brothers. Ask yourself these things. Are you in order with Christ's love for him first? There's this verse that says, um, in Revelation, he says, he refers to it. He says, um, because you have lost your first love. And so, love one another. Love is something we do and not something we feel. Do you know how this happens? Point number three, and I'm almost finished. It, love places other people first. Do you know how selfish we have become? Do you know the culture of selfishness is so big, we don't even see when we're being selfish towards each other. It's just so ingrained in who we are. Think of one thing that you have experienced someone else being selfish of. Quickly, take 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Think of it. Maybe think of something that you know you are selfish about. That's more difficult, but try it. Greater love is no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. No greater love than this, and someone laying down his life for a friend. We are supposed to give our lives to one another, just as Christ has given his life for us. Philippians 2, 3 to 5 says, do nothing out of selfishness and empty conceit, but with humility of mind, consider the needs and interests of others is more important than your own. And there I, there I lost the plot 
I started to calculate relationships, my relationship with Catherine, my boys, family, you, and there I fall short. Sometimes I am just so selfish. What I want, what I need, um, what, what I, I need to achieve, that's all. It's, uh, she must understand that I'm working right now. Can't she see it? But you're missing her. You're missing him completely. We are so focused on things that that are, uh, at the end of the day, do you know how many people I I do funerals for and that I literally bury? Do you know the things that they speak of when someone died? It's those things that we remember when we spend time together. We might have some fun together. There might be some, some, some scenarios where something wasn't funny then, but it's funny now. Do you know how little time we have for those moments with each other, laying our lives down for one another? I want us to to die one day with the knowledge that we have poured ourselves out to Jesus, but also to one another. That is a difficult thing to understand in our selfish culture today. I want us to own it. I want you to feel it. I want you to sit in it. You are a selfish lover of Christ. It's all about us. It's all about us. And so what now, Marines? You're not leaving us with an, with an answer, an exit. Uh, I want to leave us with this. For God, so loved. John 3 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Listen to this, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. See, redemption lies in the fact that you and I not only believe in Christ, but we receive Him, and then we do the things He expects of us. I'm going to read that verse again. Love is patient. Don't let this be white noise. We've heard this so much at weddings. We've heard this at at every now and then. You know this already. Don't let it be white noise this morning. I want to love over you the love of Christ. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on on its own way. It It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Lord, I pray this morning that we will not only be takers of your love, users, end users of your love, we will be a pipeline for your love to move through us to this lost world. We know what it is to be loved by you, Jesus. You saved us, but you have commanded us 
Firstly, to love one another. Love one another. And then you have called us to love a lost world. I want to do a weird thing. It's not going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. I want you to get up. I want you to see someone that you know or don't know. It can be anyone. It'll be great if it's someone that you don't know. And you walk to them and you go, you can just maybe represent your family as well. All the introverts are going, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Go to someone. I want us all to stand up right now. And you are going to tell someone that with God's love, I love you. Because of God's love and what He's done for me, I will love you. Because of Jesus' love, I choose you. Choose to love you. And then you pray with each other. Just one person, just one family. We're going to do that and we're going to end off with prayer. Do that right now. Ek bid sommer nou vir geneesing, ek bid vir die boors, jyre, ek bid vir die vlem, ek bid vir... If you finish loving someone, you can sit down. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, this morning we come and I pray for not only spiritual vision. I pray not only for correction through your word. I pray, Father, for the light that is in us to shine in this broken world. I pray for people's hearts and names, faces, colleagues, friends, that we know that need Jesus. I pray that we will love them like you have loved us. In our turmoil state, you have brought us to a place of salvation and you saved our lives. I pray for everyone that knows someone that needs Jesus, that needs the love of Christ, that needs to hear it and feel it from us. If they don't see it in us, Father God, what are we doing? I pray for the love of Christ to be bestowed on us once again. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.
Enjoy tonight. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.